Zigzag and One, a place where we honestly discuss how to embrace the zigs and the zags in our crazy lives. Running away is not an option. Living in defeat is not an option. Instead, learning how to keep moving forward is what we'll do together, one nugget of wisdom at a time. Your host is Melanie Brown. She's navigated a few zigs and zags in her life with the determination to never give up. Expect great stories and lots of laughs. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, friends. We're going to do part two of Casey McClure's episode today, but I just wanted to take a minute and say thank you. So many of you have sent me messages to say congratulations on this new podcast. Makes me feel so loved and I just want you to know that I appreciate you so much, and I ask that you continue to join us because we have so much in store for you. I am so excited to get back into the conversation with Casey McClure of For Sarah. If you didn't hear that episode, you need to go back and listen. In part one, Casey's knowledge about and years of ministry in the human trafficking industry gave us, and me specifically, a much clearer picture of this modern-day tragedy. I absolutely love Casey's heart and passion for getting women out of exploitation and helping them become healthy, thriving women. It is just amazing what she and those that work with her in Forsera are doing. If you didn't have a chance to hear part one, please take the time to go back and listen. So today, Casey and I are diving deeper into the human trafficking crisis and discussing the huge, please hear me, huge need for everyone in the community to get involved in stopping human trafficking. You can find For Sarah at ForSarah.net. That's the number four, and Sarah is spelled S-A-R-A-H. Join me as Casey and I pick up where we left off. You're listening to the Zigzag in One podcast. So thanks for joining us for the second part of the Human Trafficking Crisis episode with Casey McClure of For Sarah. If you haven't listened to part one, you need to. Wow, Casey gave us so much incredible information. He, to catch us up, Casey is the founder and executive director of For Sarah. During the part one of our episode, she shared what zigzag she faced that led her to her passion to help women and children who have been exploited. So let me tell you a little bit about Forsera to catch us up, and then we'll get started back again. Forsera is a ministry that empowers change in the life direction of women and girls in the sex industry as a stripper, prostitute, escort, porn star, or victims of sex trafficking. Casey has discussed some alarming statistics about the human trafficking crisis in America and specifically in Atlanta, where Forsera is based. Again, if you did not hear part one of this episode, make sure you go back. So, Casey, we're going to pick up where we left off. Thanks for having me again. Yes, I am so glad that you are back. So, not only have you fought to overcome what could have destroyed the rest of your life, you started Forsera. And I wanted to read a statistic that I found in my research. It says, 89% of women in the sex industry said they wanted to escape but had no other means for survival. And I know, even though you described in Part 1 the four uh, arms or branches of your ministry, 
um, you have started an assessment house. So tell us about that part of Coursera, because I'm excited to learn about it. Yes. So the 89% of women in the sex industry is probably, I would probably say 95% of them um, want to get out of the industry, but they get into it because, like you said, it's a means for survival. It's the way they pay their bills. Some of them are single mothers. Um, some of them have no family support, and so this is the only way that they can make it. Um, and so with Forcera, with us doing outreaches, we realize that a lot of times um, housing is a factor. Finding them safe housing or long-term housing, permanent housing. So many times the girls and their children live in hotels, and they bounce uh-huh. from hotel to hotel, which can make them fall prey to trafficking and to prostitution and just puts their kids in danger. Another thing that really um, hurt me through the years is we talked about in the first episode was how women with children, their children are now growing up and becoming involved in the sex industry. Uh Another alarming factor is we've had women that were victims of sex trafficking and they have children that are in the hotel with them. And police have gone into the hotel and caught the mother in the act of prostitution with her child in the bed next to her. Oh, my goodness. That oh my is goodness. the that is such a heartbreaking. I mean, if you, it's like they're in survival. And they think, oh, well, this child is just one or just three. They don't know what's going on, but they do. Kids know. Um, and so through the years, whenever I, I, before I stepped out and did ministry full, full time, I worked in a doctor's office and had other jobs at the hospital. And I had been praying, like, God, use me more, use me more. And you got to be careful when you tell you, when you ask for that. <laughs> yes, you do. I hear you. <laughs> yes, because I always, would pray that, and then more stuff would come on me to have to do. So through that, um, I wanted—I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I just wanted to just be used 24-7. But I relied on a full-time job, but I um, prayed about it. In 2013, I was at church, and God just really dumped it on me hard. He basically told me, you know, quit your job mm. and step out. It's time. And he wanted me, you know, he downloaded that I was going to open a house for women with children. Um, and I was like, you know, it was just not good timing. But I prayed about it. And luckily, God was also speaking to my husband. And he said, if you're going to do it, now is the time. And so in 2013, I stepped out on faith. And I had no, you know, barely, you know, I don't know how I did it, but God definitely worked it out, and he just blessed us so I could work full-time in ministry. And through that, I just another opportunity opened up when I'm First Baptist Church of Conyers, and they said, you know, this was a couple years ago. This was in 2014. They reached out to me, and they said, we want to, you know, partner with you, but we're going to raise, you know, $110,000 for you to open a house. But it's going to take three years to do it. So you have to be patient sometimes when God tells you to do something. 
Things don't That's always fall in purpose. And so through that, they actually raised half of it, but they also, um, we received that money this year to go toward the house. Um, but they also said, we, want, we actually have a house on 3.7 acres that we want you to use for oh. the house. And so we actually did some renovation. It was a, it's a small house, but we can put, you know, sometimes four women in it. It just depends um, with the size of the family. But we opened that on December 1st this year. And Congratulations. That yeah. is amazing. That it is amazing. It's for pregnant women or women with, you know, one or two children, small children. And I've already, like, I feel so um, I'm excited about it. Like, there's things that you feel like is work, but this does not feel like work. It feels like I'm really working. I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, through that, I'm like, I already see the need for more housing. And so I'm just trying to get it, you know, get in sync and just get a good system going before we branch out and do more. So but what they, do you do with the women? They, they of course, stay there, and, mm-hmm. and then you, you do the different parts of the For Sarah ministry with them? Yes. So they, it, we are faith-based. They have to go to church. Um, it doesn't, you know, they can come to our church or they can go to another local church. Um, mm-hmm. But we encourage church on Wednesdays and Sundays. And then um, it's basically a temporary placement for 60 up to 60 days and we've had women that are coming to us that are seven months pregnant never even been to the doctor so we have to get them to the doctor we have to get Mm -hmm. them checked out we have to do a baby shower for them we have to make sure that they are prepared to take on this responsibility we get them you know get them um we're working on trauma counselors we're looking for a good trauma counselor locally right now, but we're hoping that the first of the year that will open up. And then um, we mostly just help them. We have parenting classes every Thursday. We have a lady that comes in and does parenting classes for them. And mostly we just kind of love them and get them stable. And then we work on their goals on, okay, what do you want to accomplish while you're here? Some of them need their ID. Some of them, it was stolen from them. Their parent might have took it from them. They don't even have a birth certificate or social security card. Um, it's just the getting them the basic stuff that they need to help them move forward in life. And then while they're there, we look for long-term placement for them to be able to go to and get on their feet. That is fantastic. And I know that you and I talked just recently that you're wanting to get a van. Anything, any progress in that arena? Well, we have a van, a possible van. Of course, we've got to pay for it, but... We did get one from an auction that a, a gentleman, a friend of mine, husband, actually went there and purchased it for us. And wow. So we still we have to pay it back, but it's a reduced price, which is good. But he's doing some tests on it, making sure it's going to be good for the next couple of weeks before he gives it to us. But we do have that. So that's a good start. That is fantastic. Even in just a few weeks since I've spoken to you, a lot of a lot has changed with the assessment house. Yes, that is fantastic. So I also understand you also participate in the unholy bus tour across Atlanta. So what is that, and who participates? What do you do? Tell me about it. Well, um, Commissioner Tim Eccles, um, he actually reached out to me in 2015, 
in actually into 2014, but in 2015 is when we started doing uh, Unholy Bus Tour. And he came up with the idea because he was talking about slavery across the world, and he reached out to Samson Trail uh, Waves Bus Company, and they actually committed, you know, to donate a bus for us to use to be able to go to different spots in Atlanta that were known for sex trafficking or prostitution to educate people in the community that might not ever go to those places or might not know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And through that, we've had we started out as legislators getting on the bus. And we've had senators and representatives in Georgia all over get on the bus and go on, a, unfortunately, a sightseeing around Atlanta to, you know, to hear stories of how this place might have prostitution and what the community is doing to help stop it or what the community is not doing and turning a blind eye to. And just through that, um, we've actually, I mean, there's just, people are just still to this day, they still talk about it every year. Like there were senators on there that had no idea that it was happening in their district. And they have went and shut down hotels after that unholy bus tour. They got involved in their community and said, now I know what it looks like. I'm going to do something about it. And we've had, you know, regular um, people in the community that just want to get on the bus and learn something um, and and do something. Well, I would like to be invited next time because I've learned through your ministry and a few others here in the Atlanta area more about the human trafficking crisis. But I don't know. Something about this issue is something that really tugs at my heart, and I definitely want to get more involved. So if you'd have me, I would love to come to that. Of course. You're always invited. When is it? Well, they do it. We usually do it the first of the year. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to. They have not given me a date yet, and it's unfortunately usually last minute. So we might do it in March. Um, Well, we might do it in January. That's okay. I I just, after learning that you did that and what small amount of information that I could get about it, it is something that, um, I guess because I've lived in Atlanta all my life and just researching for this, getting involved with your ministry and some of the others, it's just so shocking how large of a crisis it really is. And that's So, with each episode, I want listeners to have one takeaway, a word or a phrase that sums up your passion, Casey. So, in your case, for the topic of human trafficking, what would your one be? I guess I would say don't turn in your back. So many people, you know, this is such a touchy topic, and some people are, are not, they don't understand how a young lady could go into this industry um, and be forced into it. They think, oh, she chose to do it. Mm-hmm. But just like being in a domestic violence relationship, back in the day, they used to say, you know, there's been laws that have changed now that protect a mother and her children that might be getting beat up by her husband. Mm-hmm. But it took years to get to that point. But back before they changed those laws, a man could beat up his wife. My mother was um, raped by my father and while they were married. And back in the day, she couldn't press charges against it. 
against mm-hmm. him because they said, you're legally married. You're supposed to give it up. Right. But as I've gotten deeper and deeper into this issue, I realize that so many people don't want to be bothered by it. They want to. They're like, well, you know, i got my own issues. How can I help her? But really, it's going to take the community to get involved, to really make an impact. And for people, I mean, there's strip clubs that are shutting down right now. I wouldn't say because of all because of the issues of human trafficking, but it's definitely being shut down because there's communities that are saying, that's not going to happen in my community. And so I think just people just saying, I want to do something and not just turn their back and say someone else can do it. Um, Why don't they turn and say that I want to do it. Let me do something. And I love that. That is very powerful. Don't turn your back. So leading into that, let's talk about how now that people are aware, you've given us, I mean, an amazing amount of information, specifically about Atlanta, but just about the human trafficking crisis in general. How can people get involved Let's just go with for Sarah. How can they get involved and in, in help? Can tell us different ways because, like you said, they may not feel like they can do anything, but you were telling me a few minutes before we got started about ways that I had never thought would be helpful. So tell us what you know. Well, with the club being shut down, these girls need jobs. So, um, you know, if you're good at writing resumes, if you're good at helping with job searches and helping young ladies to come up with good goals and helping to speak, you know, truth into their life, we need volunteers like you. Our, we have a call center that we do quarterly. I'm sorry, that's the scholarship program. The call center is done. We do it two times a month where we pull up ads and call girls that work online. If you want to do outreach, that is a great way for you to get trained and to be able to reach out to women. We have strip club outreach, and then we also um, have mentorship. So if you want to be on the care team, you can become a care team volunteer. Um, with our strip club outreaches and our street outreach, we need items for those bags. That is an ongoing need, items to be able to put in those bags, you know, beauty supply, uh, makeup, hair products, just anything pretty that you would like, we need that stuff. Inspiration books just anything that can bless the girl. Because when we go on the street, a lot of times they don't even have a toothbrush or a toothpaste. Um, we're giving them that those kind of personal items that they need because a lot of times they lack that. So, and also... Uh-huh. So you give out those bags when you go out and you just mm-hmm. talk to them. Tell me what that looks like. So when we're on the street looking for girls, we're looking for girls that might be in drug-infested areas. Um, we've had girls that were sleeping in abandoned homes, like no electricity, no water, and they're in there sleeping and living there. So we will pull up and look for women that are hanging out in certain corners or certain areas of Georgia that are well-known spots for drug activity and prostitution. Mm-hmm. So we will go there and give them a gift bag. And with that gift bag, we give them information about who's there. Okay, and I'm sure they're excited to have it. Oh, yeah, they're excited. And then we also do the strip club outreach where we give gifts to the girls in the strip club. It is a way to 
it's always always better to give than to receive. And so we give them that stuff, and they're like, well, what can we give for you? And, like, we don't want nothing. This is to bless you mm-hmm. and to let you know that God loves you. Wherever you, whatever's going on in your life, he still loves you. And it's not to be judgmental because, like I said, all about the grace of God, and I'm not in that industry, and I don't ever forget that. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded every day what I've been through is for his glory, not for me to turn back and go back. And so that is just a commitment that I've made to God that I will see this through. I will be 80 or 90 years old still doing outreach if God has me still alive. Because there's this women being exploited and women being trafficked and women being used for only the value of sex is not what God wants us to be. And so Absolutely as as, Yes. So as long as I'm alive, my goal is to reach out to these girls and hopefully make some kind of impact where when they grow up and they have kids, that their kids will never feel like they have to go in that lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I I just know from what I've seen working with your ministry and some of the others that, that you guys are having a huge, huge impact. But you're right. It does take the community. And so you talked about some things to donate and ways to serve. I know that you're not going to turn money away, are you? Of course not. We always <laughs> do funding. So how can they donate if they if that's what they feel led to do or if they want to get in touch with for Sarah and say, hey, I'd like to volunteer or I'd like to be trained or how can they get in touch with you? How can they donate? Yeah, so they can go to forsarah.net. That's the number four and then Sarah with an eight. And you can go on our website, and there is a way to donate through PayPal. Um, you can go on there and just email us if you just want to get some more information. Or if you just want to find out, like, we've had women that have sent messages that their daughter was in this lifestyle, and they're just trying to figure out how they can love on her through this. So there, there's all kinds of information, and you can find our contact number or hotline, and you, you may call if you have any questions, or you can email us as well through the forsara.net website. Fantastic. Casey, thank you so much for doing this. This, um, I, I've been looking forward to this because I know what a wealth of information that you are and you have shared so much in part one and part two. And please, listeners, make sure that you listen to both parts so that you get the full scope of Casey and all that she's doing with for Sarah and how her uh, past impacted her so much and has given her a passion that she says she's going to do until she's 80. And and I know that you will, and I know that God will equip you to do that because I'm just so impressed with all that you've done and the lives that you've impacted. Thank you for joining us. I Go appreciate ahead. you do, setting this up and just everything um, for your heart, for wanting to educate the community about this and just learn your willingness to learn more. So you can make a difference. Well, I knew that you were the perfect person to interview for National Human Slavery and Sex Trafficking Awareness Month since you have been so involved in this this um, crisis in this ministry. And I hope that listeners don't look back and that they – or don't turn your back, sorry – and that they get involved in some way because these ministries need you. They need – um, your time, your prayers, your money, 
They, they need you to care about these women because this crisis is not going to go away until many, many, many of us get involved. That's so, so if, true. If you like the content and want to be alerted when I post a new episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. So until next time, when life zigs and zags, keep moving forward. Thanks, Casey. Thank you.